Welcome to the Christian Faith Fellowship Church podcast. We are a church that believes in praying, going, and life-changing discipleship in Jesus. We are so glad you've joined in for this message. If you enjoy what you hear, follow us to stay connected with our future updates and podcasts. Here is Limits, Lies, and the Truth. Grab a Bible and a notebook and get ready to learn. Here we go. for joining us this evening for our Wednesday evening service. I'm Brandy, and I'm going to be filling in here this evening for Pastor Tom. So I want to start out tonight, and I want to ask you a question. And we're going to start out with this question, and then we're going to end with this question. But I want to ask you a question, and, and the question is this. If you had no limits on your life, what would you do to impact the kingdom of God? If you had absolutely no limits, if you didn't have a financial limit, if you didn't, uh, if age wasn't a factor, if the color of your skin wasn't a factor, if the family you grew up in wasn't a factor, if there was no limits whatsoever on your life, what would you do to impact this world? What would you do? I mean, there's many of us who have goals and dreams, but what would you do if you, you had no limits whatsoever? What would you do? And I want you to really think about that question. What would you do? So tonight we're going to be talking about limits, lies, and the truth. And that's the message for this evening. That's the title of this minute, message, limits, lies, and the truth. And we all know what the truth is, right? It's the word of God. So we're going to talk about some of those limits that we have on our life, and we're going to talk about some of the things that we believe that really might be lies that we believe that limit us from doing all that we could do, right? But we're going to see how we use the truth to overcome those things, amen? So tonight we're going to figure that out, and we're going to see where that leads us. We're going to encourage you to take that step. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to pray and then we're going to get right into this. So Father, in the name of Jesus, we lift up this evening. We lift up this message. Father, I pray for each person online, Father. And I just thank you, Lord, that, Father, if there's some limit in their life, Father, that you would just reveal it to them, Father. I pray that we would further your kingdom, Father. And I thank you for what you're going to do in this service and in your people's hearts tonight. In Jesus' name. So I just ask you a question, what thing would you do if you did not have a limit on your life? So to try to figure that out, one of the things I would say is, what are some of your desires? What are some of the desires of your heart that you would love to do? What are some goals and dreams that you think, boy, if I had endless amounts of money, I would do that? Maybe you're somebody who says, hey, I would love to uh, climb Mount Everest. Now, that's something I would never want to do, but there are people who would love to do that, but just say, I can't do it. I can't be off work that long. I can't train to be, do that. Whatever that goal or that dream is, you know, can you do that? Another question you could ask yourself is maybe not only just a desire of your heart, but where are your gifts and talents lie? What are those gifts and talents that you have that you could use, right? So the question I have for you is, are you believing a lie that is limiting you from fulfilling that dream, from fulfilling that dream? 
Somebody in your family, maybe your family members, have spoken something over you, have told you something as sometime when you were a child. Maybe uh, a coach or a teacher has told you something when you were younger, and you kind of started believing that about yourself. Maybe, maybe even a pastor, maybe um, a boyfriend, a girlfriend, something like that, a husband, a wife has told you things, and now you started believing that, and it's really not true about you. It's really a lie, but what's happened is that lies become a truth in your life, and now it's limiting what you can do, what you can do. So those, those things that we believe many times become li a lot, those lies many times in life become truth to us, don't they? And they limit us. But if we believe God and what God has to say about us and not what man has to say, just think of what all we could do, right? But see, Satan's the author of lies, is he not? He manipulates, he uses people to say things to us, to put us down. He brings confusion, he brings self-doubt, he brings insecurities in our life. You know, we have, many of us have negative self-talk that we tell ourselves, oh, I'm, I'm so stupid, what, you know, I'm dumb, I, I can't do that, I'm a failure. We say these things to ourselves, don't we? And then we believe them. Or maybe someone has told you, hey, you're, you're stupid. You know, maybe a, a teacher told you that, and you've really started to believe that throughout life. So it's limited some of the things that you have uh, tried to do, or maybe you just haven't done them at all, never even took a step out because you were afraid. You believe that lie. So in Proverbs 23, 7, it says, As a man in his heart thinketh, so is he. So whatever you think in your heart, if you think, hey, I'm a failure, then a lot of times you're going to operate in that, aren't you? Because that becomes a truth. We know that God doesn't think that about us, do we? So we're going to learn tonight on how we can re realize what those lies might be. And then we're going to realize, and then we're going to talk about what we can do in order to overcome them by using the truth, which is the Word of God, right? So here are some uh, examples I, I looked up um, that maybe you're believing. So I've heard people say, everybody in my family has died of cancer. So you start believing, I'm probably going to get cancer. Everybody else has died of cancer, right? Or maybe you have uh, family members who say they've all died young. I, I actually know somebody who said, my whole family's died young. I'm probably going to die young. And I thought, oh my gosh, don't speak that over yourself. But see, they, start, they believe that because they've heard that all their life. Maybe everybody in your family's alcoholics or they're overweight or they're poverty stricken or maybe they just haven't had anything throughout life. It's paycheck to paycheck or, or maybe they've never amounted to a whole lot. They feel like, hey, uh, nobody in my family really did anything with their life, so why should I? Or maybe, you know, maybe you don't have a good marriage and you think I'm, everybody in my family's always gotten divorced, so I'll probably end up divorced too. You know, my kids are a mess. Everybody, all my cousins, my family, my sister's kids, are, they're a total mess. That's what's going to happen to my kids, too. So we start believing these things, don't we? I looked up a few of the major top lies that people believe. I looked this up on the Internet, and here's what it says. One of the lies is that if you crack your knuckles, you're going to get arthritis. Another one is if you get your feet wet, you're going to catch a cold. Uh, here's a good one. You got to wait 30 minutes before you go swimming after you eat. Well, all of those are not true. But how many times I have was told those as a kid, and how many of us probably still tell our kids those same things because we never really looked into it. We believe that's what they say. So, quote unquote, they say it must be true, right? But here's the thing: if you get your feet wet, 
It doesn't mean you're going to get a cold. A cold is a virus. It's a germ. You're not going to just get sick because your feet got wet. If you don't have arthritis in your fingers and you crack your knuckles, you're not going to get arthritis because you don't have arthritis in your fingers. You see, so if you really start to think about that, I mean, how many minutes I had to wait to get in the swimming pool because I thought I was going to get some type of stomach cramps because I was swimming. All I did was I lost time for swimming, but in the end, I believed I can't go swimming after I eat. Really not true. You can go swimming right after you eat. So I might have just freed you from something that you believed all of your life, right? I believed it. I've told my kids that, and I found out it's not true. So these are just worldly things that I'm bringing up. But so many times it's very similar in our life with our own self. We start believing things, you know? Maybe we've been told we're unworthy or, you know, we've never, we're never accepted, whether we're at college, whether we're at school, maybe at home, we just never feel accepted, we feel stupid, we feel inadequate. You know, in school, maybe, you know, you had a teacher who told you you were stupid, but here's the thing, maybe you just took longer to process information. Maybe the test, uh, you're, you know, they say a bad test taker, what does that mean? It means you get nervous before you take the test. It has nothing to do with the fact that you're stupid, it has to do with the fact that you might get nervous before you take a test. That's all it is. So it doesn't mean you're stupid, but if someone told you that, you started believing it, right? Satan comes to kill, steal, and destroy. In John 10, 10, the thief does not come except to kill, steal, and destroy, but I have come that you might have life and you might have it more abundantly. And the Amplified, I love this, have life, this is the second part of it, and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. That's what kind of life God wants us to have. He doesn't want us limited. And I love the Passion Translation. It says, the thief has only one thing in mind. He wants to steal, slaughter, and destroy. But I have come to give you everything. Are you hearing this? Everything in abundance, more than you can expect. Life in its fullness until it overflows. See, Satan wants to steal from you because the longer he continues to steal from you by telling you a lie and you believing the lie, he limits all that you can do for the kingdom of God. And that's what his purpose is. So he wants to keep you believing that lie for as long as possible because it limits you. He wants to steal your joy. He wants to steal the dreams that you have in your heart. He doesn't want you to have confidence or self-esteem. He wants to steal your health from you or your family. But he's the, he's the father of lies. And anything he says isn't true. But Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life, isn't he? He's come to give us that abundant life. In John 14, 6, it says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. So what does God say about you? Does he say you're stupid? No, he says you're perfect. He says you're smart. He says you have the mind of Christ, right? Jeremiah 29, 11, what does God say again? Another familiar script, uh, scripture. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace, right? Of peace, of goodness, and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. So many times we carry these things around. Even another thing that we carry around is guilt and shame, right? You know, we've made decisions maybe as a teenager that we're still 
uh, feel guilty about or feel shame about. We look back and we think about that and think, gosh, I wish I would have made a different decision. We still feel shame about that. Maybe as a young person, we made bad decisions. Uh, maybe even as an adult, we've made some bad financial decisions. So we're constantly just feeling the shame and this guilt. But see, that once again is Satan. That's, he, he wants you to keep looking back. Keep looking back at those things that you did, that you wish you didn't do, or feeling that guilt and that shame. But God doesn't look at our mistakes, does he? He sees us through Jesus Christ. He sees us perfect. So yes, you might have made that mistake, but that's okay. You're forgiven. We move forward. We don't want to keep looking back, do we? Shame limits us due to the fact that sometimes it means that we don't really like ourselves. It makes us, we did something wrong, right? We did something wrong. So we believe we're not worthy or we're a failure. See, God created us to be accepted. He created us to be accepted. And the only way to believe that about ourselves is to believe what the Word says and what God says about you, not what this world says, not what your family says. Listen, if someone spoke something over you and your family, I'm going to give you freedom right now. If they spoke nonsense over you, they were a broken person, which we all are broken, but they spoke nonsense over you because they themselves were broken. So you need to look at that and say, look, my father had some issues because his father had some issues and he spoke that stuff over me. He told me I was stupid. He told me I was no good or whomever that was. And you've now believed that. Don't let this world and don't let broken people speak something over you. That's not what God says about you. God says that you are perfect and precious and blessed. Amen. That's what God says. Don't let these people speak these things over you. Believe what God says. Believe what the word says about you. Don't make material things define you. Oh, you have to have this car or live in that house or you have to have this job or, or be friends with these elect people. I mean, even as teens or, or young adults, we a lot of times you start drinking or you start smoking or whatever. Why do you do that? To feel accepted, right? That's why they do that, to feel accepted. They do that because they want to feel a part of the crowd. But see, the word says that we are accepted in the beloved, doesn't it? It says we need to get in the word and find out who he says we are. We are in him, and we are perfect, and we are precious, and we are cre created to be accepted and to be righteous and to be perfect and loved and blessed. But we keep looking at ourselves and looking at the things that we don't like, and we try to fix them out of willpower, and it's not going to work. We can't use willpower to fix ourselves. We have to look at the finished work of the cross, we have to receive his love and his grace. And those struggles that we're having, they'll start to fall off. They'll start to fall off when we look at him, when we look to him and we focus in on him, those fears that you deal with, those, those things that you, you deal with, whether there's confusion or you don't understand this or that, and you just look to him and you'll start to see those things start to melt away. I love this statement. It said, when my people see my grace... I see their faith. I love that. When my people, when God's people sees his grace, they see, he says, I see your faith. In Matthew 6, the Amplified, it says, but first and most importantly, seek 
aim at and strive after his kingdom, his righteousness, his way of doing things and being right and the attitude and character of God and all those things will be given to you. And the Passion Translation says, uh, so above all, constantly seek God's kingdom, his righteousness and all these less important things will be given to you in abundance. So it says, seek first the kingdom and all these things. Seek him. All those things that you need, all those struggles that you might have, seek him. They'll start to just pass away as we seek him. You know, another area that uh, we deal with many times is comparison, comparing ourselves with other people. It makes us feel less than, right? I'll tell you a good one, social media. So we look at social media and we look at a post, we look at a tweet, maybe even a TikTok, we look at those things and we think, oh, they look really happy. They got a great marriage. Look at their kids. Look at that car. How about that house? Look at that vacation. You got the little toes in the sand. I can't go on a vacation like that, right? And we look at all this stuff, we start comparing ourselves with them and it makes us feel less than. Because we don't have that. Hey, I didn't get to go on that trip. I didn't get to go to here or there. And we start comparing ourselves over a picture. Over a picture. 2 Corinthians 10, 12 says, For we dare not class ourselves or compare ourselves with those whom commend themselves, but they, they measure themselves by themselves and compare themselves among themselves and this is not wise but again the passion translation says of course we don't dare to put ourselves in the same class or compare ourselves with those who rate so highly they compare themselves with one another and they make up their own standards of measure themselves and then they judge themselves by their own standards listen to this what self-delusion isn't that the truth I can tell you that you have no idea by looking at a pro post on uh, social media of what that person is going through, what that person might have just been through, or whatever's going on in their life. I mean, I can tell you that it's simply just a picture. It doesn't really mean anything, but what happens is we look at that and it makes us feel insecure or less than. You know, hey, look at their yard. Their landscaping's really nice. Well, they might have been out there working for three years to make sure that it looks like that. You have no idea. It might have been hard work, right? Or that vacation. And I will tell you this, that I have posted many pictures, and there's seven people in my family, and in order to get one picture with all seven people smiling, looking at the camera, it takes a lot. I literally need a machine gun to hit, you gotta hit it 35 times just to get one picture. Here's what I don't do. I don't post uh, the kid laying on the floor, melting down, all the stuff where I'm like, guys, right now, cheese, look at the camera. I don't post all that craziness that goes on before it. I just post the good one, right? I mean, so really in reality, you have no idea what it took to get that picture. But see, we look at it and we see it that way, don't we? We see it that way. And there's things that, you know, my family and I have went through many times. I mean, we've had injuries, we've had accidents, uh, we've had newspaper articles. And, I, you know, we don't post, though. We don't post whenever I'm in a, a waiting room at 3 a.m. waiting for my son to go through surgery, do we? No, we don't post that moment. But we've been there. So see, what happens is we post the beautiful pictures and people think that's what your life is and it's just not so. It's just not so. But I will tell you this, that through so many things in life that it, uh, we've walked through, and I, and I know many of you would say the same thing, 
When you walk through things in life, it teaches you how to, it teaches you to grow in the Lord, and it teaches you to rely on him. And I'll tell you, I'd never go back, because what a growth period that was. What a growth period that was. So we look at those pictures, and we, and we compare ourselves, or we put ourselves down. You know, many times we look at other people. Another thing we do is we look at people's gifts and talents. Boy, I wish I could do this, or I wish I could do that. I mean, I look up here at the worship team. I can't play an instrument or sing at all. But it's, it's really impressive to me because I, I don't have that gift or talent. But boy, somebody else picks up an instrument, they can go, go at it, and it sounds beautiful. It sounds beautiful, but I don't have that gift and talent. I'm somebody who, I guess I could handle a lot of kids at once, and I don't get crazy overwhelmed. Somebody else might. But that's just a grace that God gave me. Just a grace that he gave me. You know, you might be somebody who cooks really well, and you can make bunches of lasagna and take them to people maybe who's sick or whatever, and that's a gift God gave you. I mean, I cook every night, but I don't make 10 lasagnas, but some people can whip them up in no time. It's a gift. It's a gift, and I think sometimes we need to just say, God, thank you for the gift that you gave me. Thank you for all I have. Thank you for the blessings in my life. We need to just stop and thank God for all he's given us and for the, the, the different gifts and talents that we do have instead of looking around and thinking we should have this or I wish I had that. Just thank God for all that you have, right? I know I always think of the Israelites walking around that mountain for 40 years, and I say to myself, what they, they walked around in doubt and unbelief, and I'm like, at some point, did it not click in? Enough is enough. But how many of us have done the same things for 40 straight years? How many of us have walked around the same mountain? Maybe we judge people. Maybe we gossip. Maybe we put people down. Maybe we point the finger. Whatever that thing is. And we keep walking around the same mountain, but yet we'll judge the Israelites for walking around, but we do the same thing for 40 years, don't we? I read this paragraph um, in a, I think it was a devotional from um, uh, Andrew Womack, and here's what it says. It says, each of us has an image on the inside of us of who we are and what we can do. Sadly, life and the devil has done a pretty good job of beating those hopes and those dreams out of us. Not only do we suffer when this happens, but so do others. Isn't that the truth? We suffer when we are uh, limited by things that we're believing and lies that is kind of pulling us back. And so do those around us because we have those gifts and talents that we're not using. He goes on to say that each one of us has a God-given gift and that it's intended for others, right? And if we don't reach our full po po uh, potential, then those people won't receive their miracles either. So how do we see ourselves? Do we see ourselves as limited? Do we see ourselves as not enough? Or that we're afraid, or we can't do something, or we're walking in fear, or we can't handle it, we're not good enough, we're not smart enough, we're not strong enough, we're, not, we're too old. Are we limiting that? Are we believing those lies of the devil? Are we believing and allowing the world to limit us? Are we believing what God has to say about us? In 1 Corinthians 1.27, it says, but God chose those and this is Passion Translation again, who the world considers foolish to shame those who think they're wise, but God chose the puny. So if you feel puny, if you, and he says, and powerless to shame the high and mighty. So if you feel powerless or puny, he chose the lowly, the laughable, the world's eyes of nobody so that they could shame the somebodies. For he chose what is regarded as insignificant in order to supersede what is regarded as prominent. Isn't that the truth? So that there will be no 
a place for pride or boasting in God's presence. For it is not from man, see this? It's not from man that we draw our life, right? Or we should get our self-esteem, no. But it's from God as we are being joined to Jesus, the anointed one. And now he is our God-given wisdom, our virtue, holiness, and redemption. For if anyone boasts, let him only boast in all that God has done. Amen, church family? So let's look at another group of people in Numbers 13, and this is Numbers 13, 33, and this is the second part of that. And it says, this is what they said. So this is where they went into, the spies went into the promised land to spy it out and see what's going on over there. They said, go out, see what's going on, bring us back a report. And so what did they say? They came back and they said, we seemed like grasshoppers in our eyes, and we looked the same to them. How many times do we think that if we think we're stupid, we think you're failures, we think this, that, or anything else about ourselves, we think that other people see us that way. It's simply not true. It's simply not true. Just because we feel like we're a failure or we feel like we made a mistake in this area, it doesn't mean that other people see you that way. But that's what we believe. But in the beginning of this chapter, here's what I want you to see. Numbers 13, verse 1 and 2. So this is, um, this is the Lord says this to Moses. Send some men to explore the land of Cana, which I am giving to the Israelites. Right there is the key word. I am giving it to the Israelites. They already have, the land is theirs. But instead of them just saying, well, I walked in there, there's a lot, a lot of giants and there's things going on. But uh, uh, God said I'm going in, so we're going in. But they didn't. They came back with the negative report, right? They came back, they didn't see it. They saw the obstacles. They saw the circumstances. They saw the enemy. They saw all this stuff. And instead of saying, God said, I'm giving it to them. But they didn't do it that way, did they? They believed a lie. They were afraid. So, so if you believe that you are a grasshopper in your sight, you're never going to get to the promised land. You're never going to get to the land of milk and honey. See, you could see it. You could want it. You can look at it. But if you never see yourself, if you continue to see yourself as the enemy, or through or the way the enemy tells you you are, you're a failure, you're no good, if you keep seeing yourself that way, you will never get to the land of milk and honey. I want to live in the land of milk and honey. I want to live in all God has for me. I want to strip off anything that I'm believing about myself. And I want to be limitless. I want to go out and do mighty things for the kingdom of God. Listen, if, you're, if you feel stupid, if that's been spoken over you, listen to me. Stop. Don't believe the lie anymore. Take the next step. Hey, I didn't go to college because i got to be honest. I... You know, this is, this is kind of what you're saying in your mind. I didn't go to college because I didn't think I was smart enough. I was always told in school I was stupid, so I just didn't want to go to college because I figured I'd fail out, right? That's how we think many times. I'm challenging you tonight to take the step. Okay, you may not be able to go to college full-time or anything. How about this? Maybe it's something, maybe you wanted to learn carpentry. Take one one hour a week, and even if you go into YouTube and you say, I'm going to take one hour, I'm going to start to learn how to do carpentry. It's something I've always wanted to do. If you take that step, I will guarantee you in a year from now, you'll be able to do all kinds of stuff. But you've got to take that step, and you've got to believe that you can do it. So instead of saying, I'm too stupid, I'll never be able to be a carpenter, you have no idea what you could do. 
Maybe just take that hour, take that step. Maybe it is a big step of, maybe you're somebody who's been going back and forth saying, I need to go to college, but I don't know this, that. Take the step. If maybe that's, maybe you're able to go back to college, but you're a little afraid. Take the step. Stop believing that you can't do it. Believe that you can. Stop believing uh, misconceptions or deception from the enemy, right? Seek the kingdom. Seek the kingdom. Listen, if, if, uh, if David believed what his brother said about him, he would have stayed a shepherd boy. Am I right? He would have stayed a shepherd boy if David would have believed that, but he didn't. He believed what God said, and God said he was going to be king. So even when his brothers were all annoyed with him all the time, he believed what God said, and God said he was going to be a king. So he overcome that. Don't allow yourself to be defined um, by being, feeling unworthy because those broken people said that about you or something. Don't let yourself be limited, all right? So, how do we live without limitations? How do we do that? Well, the first thing is that when those things start to come to your mind, you're going to have to replace them with the word. When that self-talk comes and it says, I'm a failure, I'm stupid, I'll, I can't do this, I can't do that, we have to start to speak to that, right? We have to start to speak the word, we have to start to speak to that situation or those words that keep coming up or those fears that keep reappearing. We have to bind up the enemy. See, God, Jesus Christ, is the resurrection and the life. And you have total and complete authority to speak that over yourself. You can have victory. You have the mind of Christ. You can overcome the devil. God has given you that strength. He's given you that authority. Speak life over yourself and replace those things that keep going on in your mind with the word of God. With the word of God. Maybe you were somebody, you know, maybe you were abused and you kind of believe a lot of that stuff that you're fundamentally no good. You're bad, right? Or you're simply just no good. But see, that's a, a lie, and we can, we can replace it with the word. Stop limiting God. Take the limits off. Believe what God has to say about you. Don't look through the lens of your past, of all your mistakes, of all those things, those thoughts, right? Take those limits off and look and see what God has to say about you. Paul says in uh, 1 Corinthians 2, 1, he says, My brothers and sisters, when I came to proclaim to you the secrets of God, I refused to come as an expert trying to impress you with eloquent, spe uh, eloquent speech and lofty wisdom. See, this is Paul speaking. How many, you know, how many people, I mean, I can even think of some um, preachers nowadays that, uh, like a Joyce Meyer, her voice is very raspy, and she's even, I've even heard her speak about it. Um, Joseph Prince, he was a stutterer. See, if they took that and used it as a limit, the, all the people that have come to know Christ through them or have grown in the, in the Lord through them, it, it wouldn't have happened because they, were, they would have limited themselves and said, well, I got a raspy voice and I'm a stutterer, so I can't do this right? Moses was a stutterer. But see, Paul, Paul says, I don't come to you with eloquent, uh, eloquent speech. But he says, you know, if he would have believed that too, I mean, think about it. We're talking still about Paul 2,000 years ago. He wrote half the New Testament. This guy, this guy was used by the Lord. And listen to this. You've got to write this down. God doesn't see you limited. He sees you limitless. You hear that? God doesn't see you limited. He sees you limitless. 
He sees you limitless. Jesus Christ died on that cross so that you could have the abundant life, right? Sometimes we just have to face the truth and we say, listen, I do say these things about myself on the inside of myself. So God, I need your help. I need you. Holy Spirit, speak to me. When I start to say these things about myself, help me to, to overcome that. Help me to recognize when I'm doing that. Or maybe when I'm complaining, Lord, help me to start to recognize these things and help me to replace it with the word of God so that I can have victory in my life. Help me, Lord. You know, many times we've been even almost brainwashed into believing some of these things if they've been spoken over you for years. Those fears just keep coming back all of your life. But we have to realize that we're doing it and ask the Holy Spirit for help. Maybe you need to just, you start realizing that you say, God, I, I don't know how to overcome this. So you say, well, I know I'm saying to myself, I'm a failure. So I need to do something. What do I need to do? Maybe for you, you need to go out and take a walk and just be talking to the Lord. Maybe you need to put some earbuds in and start listening to worship music to start just getting that word in and get the worship in there, right? Maybe you need to get in your car and go for a drive, whatever it is. Maybe you need to go to that place where you pray in your house and just pray. Whatever that is, you've got to take that step to start undoing some of those things that has been put in and that you've believed. But if the Holy Spirit prompts you, just say, Lord, I, I don't want to talk like this to myself anymore. I want to think like this to myself. I don't want to be limited by this. I want, I want to do all that I can do for the kingdom of God, right? We undo those lies. And so, you know what? It's interesting. It's, it's kind of like this. It's kind of like we're believing this lie, so we're like standing at a door, and, and all we got to do is turn the knob and walk through the door, and there's freedom. But what we're believing is we're standing on the other side of the door, and the door's locked, but the door's really not locked. So all we got to do is turn the knob and walk in. That's freedom. So see, we've been believing a lie that the door's locked. It really wasn't. But see, it's kind of locked us into that limit in our life, right? We want to have freedom. God wants us to live in freedom. He wants us to live whole. He wants us to have healing. He wants us to have health. He wants us to have provision. He wants us to have peace. He wants us to be protected, he wants all of those things for us. He wants us to live an abundant life. He wants us to live in victory. John 10, 10, Jesus came to have, uh, for you to have abundant life, right? And the Greek word zoe life, oh, I thank you that I can live in that form of life, the highest form of life, the God kind of life. That's the life I want to live in. I want to live in the God kind of life, not this ordinary human life. No, I want to live in a, have a, and have a satisfying full life, and that's what God wants for you also. He wants you to live a full, whole, healthy life, right? He wants you to, because he believes that you were made for greatness. You were, you were made, you are accepted. That's how he wants you to live. And here's what I love. I say this all the time. This is Ephesians 3.20, one of my favorites in the Passion Translation. Never doubt God's mighty power to work in you, to accomplish all this, to achieve infinitely more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream, and exceed your wildest imagination. See, he wants you to have, he wants you to have unbelievable dreams and exceed your wildest imaginations, Right? He wants you to have a, a, a significant impact on this world. He doesn't want you living with limits. He wants you to impact others. He doesn't want you believing those lies from the enemy or what's been spoken over you. He wants you to live limitless. So tonight, I ask you the question that we started out with. 
What would you do if you had no limits? What would you do for the kingdom of God if there was no limits on your life? What lies are you believing that's limiting what you can do? What lie are you believing that has become a truth that, you've lim that limits you? I want you to think about that, and I want you to take a step, and I want you to start to put the word in. I want you to start to believe what God has to say about you. I want you to take that step if it's going back to school, whatever that is, and stop believing what those broken people spoke over you and believe what God says about you. Amen, church family? So I want to finish this evening here by telling you, take the limits off. Take the limits even off of God and let him do the work in you. Start saying, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Ask him, is there something I'm believing, a lie that I'm believing, or something that's going on that I need to, to deal with, and ask the Holy Spirit to prompt you. In Psalm 37, 4, it says, Delight thyself in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. With God, nothing is impossible, church family. So I'm going to pray this evening, but I really want you, I would challenge you, I want you to think about what could be limiting you and what steps you could take in order to overcome that because God sees you as limitless, and I want to see you as limitless. That's the God kind of life I want to live in. The God kind of life, amen. So we're going to go ahead and we're going to pray here this evening. If you have never asked Jesus Christ into your heart and you're watching tonight and you're saying, yeah, I've been believing a lot of lies about myself. I, I kind of do think I'm a failure. I kind of fumbled onto this Facebook page here this evening. So if you've never asked Jesus Christ into your heart, we're going to pray a prayer. And I want you to pray this prayer and I want you to pray it from your heart. Pray it because you mean it. So, dear Father God in heaven, I believe tonight that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe that he died on the cross and that he rose on the third day. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord and be my Savior. I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. And today, I call myself a Christian. And I thank you for that in Jesus' name. And church family, I want to pray for you before we close this evening. So if you prayed that prayer uh, just now, the prayer of salvation, there's an email on the screen. You can go ahead and email Rev Bob, or you can call the church. We have a special packet. We'd love to talk to you. We'd love to pray with you. So don't forget to do that. But before we, before we close, I want to pray for you. I want to pray that these things would just fall off and that you would take that step, okay? So, Father, in the name of Jesus, when we close this service tonight, I pray for those who are watching. I pray for those who, Lord, do feel very bound and limited, Father, by things that might have been spoken over them in their, their past or in their childhood or whatever they've walked through in life. And I pray that you would free them from those lies of deception in their mind. And I pray that, Father, that you would just, Holy Spirit, would just prompt them if they start believing those things or start thinking about those things, that the Word of God would just rise up in them. I thank you, Father, that your people are blessed and highly favored. I pray, Father, that they have the mind of Christ, that they can do all things that Christ who strengthens them. I pray that you would strip off those lies, those deceptions, and I pray that they would walk in victory, that they would walk limitless, that they would do mighty things for your kingdom and that they would impact this world and we thank you for what you're doing in and through your people and we pray this in Jesus name. Well thank you so much church family for joining us and we will see you on Sunday.